And a very good afternoon to you and welcome to podcast number 16 of the Klein Pod. My name is Philip Klein. I'm lead investigator, personal protection officer in the state of Texas. And welcome to Klein Investigations and Consulting's studio inside the uh, Klein headquarters, newly remodeled headquarters, by the way. And uh, first, I want to uh, welcome Caroline Gear, who is our MSE and also Hi. Uh, our uh, lead investigator. How are you? Tired today. Have you missed me? Actually, things were very quiet while you were gone. Imagine that, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was gone for a couple of uh, weeks working and doing my thing, and I'm back, and uh, I... Uh, uh, I'm only here for a little bit. I got to, I got to go again, right? Here we go. Got to go again. So, um, for all of you that do not know, I want to remind you as you listen to this podcast that on October 20th of 2021 at 6 PM, we will be in Canadian Texas on a live broadcast as well as, um, answering the, uh, the media's question. We have a media and uh, public town hall meeting regarding the Tom Brown case. This should be a, a great experience for uh, the city of uh, Canadian. We're going to lay out our case. We're going to show evidence that we've never shown before. And uh, I look forward to the people of Canadian, Texas. What a great community. What a great place to live in some very, very bad circumstances by some very, very uh, bad hombres, would you say, Caroline? Yeah, I think the biggest question that we've been getting is twofold. Why are we doing this? Well, there's a, the quick answer to that. We'll answer it more in depth, as they say, uh, when uh, we get up there. But why are we doing it? Number one, the reason why we're doing it is because uh, they're the uh, district attorney of that region. Uh, is it district attorney one or 116? I think it's one. I don't know. Anyway, the uh, in the in the district attorney's district up there, he has refused to take it to grand jury as a fact finding operation. So the case is kind of, just to be honest with you, has fallen apart as far as law enforcement is concerned. Um, second, uh, what was the second question? The second question is, will we be going live on Facebook? I would probably say the answer to that question is a quick no on our part, but I understand that I've received a couple of media calls, one from NBC that says they will probably be broadcasting it live out of one of the television stations in Amarillo on Facebook. So, or YouTube, I guess YouTube's getting hot now, YouTube or one of those uh, portals. Uh, but we will remind Caroline <laughs> to let me add it to the list. That's right. To uh, to uh, publicly broadcast that. Uh, most of the investigators that have been involved in the case will be there. Um, there's a couple that are up in the air that that uh, one end up in the air that may not be there, but pretty much everybody will be there, and so we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, moving ahead. I know, um, Caroline, we have gotten calls in this office. We've gotten emails in this office. I've been spending half of my, this is my third, second day back, actually, my second day back. Uh, and this has uh, been kind of a, 
kind of a weird thing. I mean, even I'm people have figured out my email address. So I guess I can't keep that hidden any longer, but everybody's been figuring out my personal email address and sending me emails. And they've been asking me the question, are you going to talk about Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito? Is that how you pronounce her name? Petito? Yes. Petito. Are you going to be talking about the the uh, laundry case and Petito case? And Caroline eased down the hallway yesterday and said, mm, you know what? I think we need to do a podcast on this and we need to talk about the case and we need to talk about what uh, this case is all about. It's a good case, isn't it, Caroline? It is a good case, and it's been one that so many people, even like my my own personal friends, have asked me, like, what's going on? I had a friend that was traveling, um, I believe, to Vermont uh, this last week, and she was in the Appalachian Trail, and I, it's it's an ongoing thing where everybody's like, oh, did you see laundry? You know, look for laundry <laughs> if you're out there. Um, and so I think that it just had so much coverage, and I want to preface this with, I know this case has been covered by so many different various media, podcasts, Facebook groups. It's it's a very... My friend Nancy Grace has covered it. Yes. In depth. I mean, it's like tattooed on her arm. She wants blood. So I think I don't want to be redundant in our podcast about this case. What I want to do and what we're going to do today is talk... Um, about this, the the main aspect of the case, the things that we all know, some of um, the details that we uh, haven't really seen out there, but that have been put together, and then also our take on what we would do as private investigators if we were on the case, what we would have done either differently or maybe the same, or our take on some things that have come about since the beginning to now knowing how she has died. So let's do this. Let's just give the base timeline um, of, of the events. And I think a lot of it has been messed up. I think uh, uh, the media, once the, the big media gets involved or little media, you know, like uh, some of the other cases we work around the United States, um, when the media gets involved, uh, you give a sentence and they take it and run with it and they change it or they obscure it or they, they do something with it that you just go, wait a minute, that's not what I said. Oh yeah, it is. Here's your, here's your sentence. Well, but the, the context of that sentence did not mean that this is what the context meant. And so in this case, there has been so much misinformation put out that I want to make sure that we go through and we do the proper timeline. So let's, let's do a good timeline here. Um, on July 2nd of 2021, uh, Gabby and Brian uh, got in a van. They made the decision. They, they were going to go from the New Jersey area, correct? Um, New York, New York, New Long Jersey, Island, Blue Long Point, Island. Long it's, Island. Right there. it's all right there. So they left and they decide they're going on a United States adventure. They're going to go all the way out to the northernmost part of the United States, going to work their way back. They're going to go camping. They're going to do it on a shoestring budget. Uh, and this is what they're going to do. So they got the van with Florida plates. And how they did that, I don't know. I guess it was purchased down in Florida. And I think Brian lives, Brian and his family lives down in Florida. So he brought the van up, got her, loaded her up. July 2nd, they're on their way. So they're actually from 
New York. And they were high school, they dated in high school. Sweethearts. They, they broke up. They did their own thing for a little bit. Then they ended up back together. He, um, his parents had moved to Florida as well as she decided to move with him. So they were living in Florida, but visiting in New York where her mother lived. Her father, so her parents are separated, divorced. I think they're both remarried. And her father and stepmother decided to move to Florida to be close to her, Gabby. So... They were in New York when they left, but they were living in Florida. So the first indication that we have that there's a problem uh, or law enforcement is involved or whatever's involved when they're in a small town and Carolyn, what's the name of that town in uh, Utah, you, in Mo- Moab? Mo- I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, it's a small little community up in the northern area, up near Montana, Utah, Idaho, and that area, because that's where they're hanging out. They're out there in the mountains. They're camping. They're finding places to camp. They're hiking. They're putting all this glorious stuff on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the good stuff. So everybody's doing great and getting along. Now, the first question everybody always asks me, well, where would you start? And I would always start by when they left. And there's a reason for that. Because when they left is usually what we call the utopic area. That's when utopia is in. They're all excited about their their uh, their their travels. They're laughing. They're having fun. They're saying things that are non-protected. Like uh, if you were to say, hey, my face is red because of the sun, they'd say, hey, I got sunburn. Uh, but if you're being protective, important, protective, you're going to say, oh, uh, I was just spending a little bit too much time outside. You'd, you'd make an excuse. So the first time that everything starts going downhill is when they have interaction with these police officers and these police officers receive a call of a girl and a boy fighting, pushing each other back and forth. There are scratches all over him. There's scratches on her. Now folks, remember this is important because I get the strong feeling. There's something more involved in all this. I may be off. I'm not in the case. I'm not with the FBI or the secret service or any of these people that are in, 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 investigating this thing. I I am, I'm an outsider looking in based upon what I'm hearing and what Caroline has put together for me today. And, 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 and what I've talked to other investigators on our team over the past six weeks regarding this case. So, so bear with me on this because I get the strong feeling there's something different. Why? Well, the only thing I've really mentioned to you is, is the scratches on his arms, his face, okay? His arm and his face. However, upon examination of her, I'll say it again, upon examination of her in the videos, you will note that she does have a few little abrasions, let's call them. And there was a scrape, a little scrape. Now, Brian says in the videotape, that she is bipolar manic. Is that accurate? Uh, you're the MSE. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. So bipolar and manic are kind of two different things. And according to the, her parents, she did not suffer from any mental 
illness. Exactly. Diagnosed mental illness. Exactly. But he calls her manic and bipolar. She admits in the videotape, yeah, I'm kind of moody. Okay. And she calls herself OCD. Yeah, OCD. Okay. But yet you're living in a van out in the middle of the wilderness. So you can't And you're OCD. OCD. I think that's a bunch of psychobabble is what I think. And this incident that we're referring to is on August 12th of 2021. So we know from July 2nd to August 12th, things were going pretty well. But living out in the wilderness and being a little girl that, you know, I'm just going to say it as it is because she dresses like a, uh, I don't know, if I'm out in the wilderness, I'm not dressing in crop tops. And I mean, I'm just not. I mean, I'm dressed up for the wilderness, but she's dressed up like she's a pretty princess. And this is no drag on her. I'm just saying, look at the scene. You know, a lot of you call me and say, hey, I want to be an investigator. What's the best way to be? Observation. When we get people in a room, we observe them. We watch what they say. So, looking at Gabby, what do we know? She's dressed like a little I'm going to say it, princess. Everything's nice and neat. Everything, her hair's done perfect. I even saw a little bit of jewelry. You know, you're camping wearing jewelry? Okay, fine. I guess that's the new wave. Camping wear jewelry. I can remember my teachers back when I was that age, when we went camping out of a couple of classes at Texas Tech University, God bless, we're everywhere. I was told no watches, no rings, no jewelry. Why? Because it you're out in the wilderness and you could get it caught on something and rip. And then we have a problem and you know, blah, blah, blah. So we know that from July 2nd to August 12th, according to them in their social media, everything is bliss. Everything is good. However, on August 12th, police respond to this call, interview them, separate them. One gets to go camping. One gets a hotel and goes overnight. And so that's the first indication that, oops, something wrong. Now, from August 12th on, we don't really know. I know the FBI knows because I hang out with a couple of the guys. The rumor going through the FBI ranks is they, they got some good cell phone pinging. They, they got some good cell phone pinging. So they have a good idea where the phones were pinging from. Go ahead. One thing we do know is that on August 17th of 2021, Gabby got a hotel in Salt Lake City, Utah. And that is when Brian flew back to Florida for six days. Um, According to what he's told people is that he flew back in order to, um, I guess, empty out a a warehouse or a, a what do you call those things? A, a little square, whatever that they store their stuff in pod. Yeah. Like a pod of some sort um, that he flew back and did that during this time or since it's come out, there's been rumors all right and left. And I want to say that to my knowledge and what I've seen, of course, we're not in the case, but we have done extensive research on our own um, to use as a learning technique for our own different cases that we have here that they did indeed. um, It was rumored that he may have been with some one of her friends or something during that six day time frame. Um, And then there are people that 
have come out of the woodworks that said they saw Gabby while he was back in Florida. Um, Gabby was with another man. Could have been just a friend. Could have been something more. Um, but these are all things that have been flying around. Again, not confirmed to our knowledge, but could also explain how things ended the way they did. So there you go. You got the base timeline. Now, she is reported missing by her family on September 1st. Okay. We know that Brian came back. What is the exact date of Brian came back? Brian uh, came back, flew back on no, no, no. August 23rd. Okay. And then when did he drive the car back? He, he appeared back in Florida with the car without Gabby on September 1st, September 1st. That's when the, that's when Gabby's parents went, um, where's Gabby? Uh, nobody's going to talk. So they call the police, the police show up. Hey, where's Gabby? Uh, we have a lawyer. Go contact him. Do what? Go contact him. What, what are you talking about? Go contact the lawyer. The family immediately lawyers up. Now, for any of you who have been involved in national cases, one of the first things that we do here at KIC Texas, we always tell the family to get a lawyer. Why is that? We think it's important for a lawyer to be involved for two reasons. Number one, to protect their legal rights because they have legal rights because the first thing law enforcement, us and everybody else is going to do, look at them first in any missing person case. Second is that there's going to be need to be some coordination taking the weight off of these victims' families. When the media comes calling and the national media comes calling, it is a zoo. I can tell you when I did my 2009 Dateline NBC thing, uh, I woke up in the morning to people with British accents digging through my trash at my personal home. Then I got to the office and there were trucks lined up on the road, satellite trucks with the chief of police of my community calling me saying, hey, you can't block traffic. I'm like, I'm not blocking anything. This is the national media. So we'll tell them to get out of here. Well, what am I supposed to do? Walk out the front door with what? 30 cameras and say, get out of here. I, I can't do that. I've got, I've got to keep a relationship with these people because this is my portal to the community. I've got to have some kind of good relationship and any good news in the media person other than the British press or the Australian press or the European press, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. You can walk up to them and say, Hey, off air, come here. Listen, here's the deal. We're going to set something up for later today. I'm going to get to each person out here. But here's what I got to do. I got traffic blocked up. There's a school right down the street. Whatever the case is, you need to have someone besides yourself be able to walk out there and say, hey, look, everybody kind of, you know, chill out. You don't need to be pointing fingers saying, uh, you know, get off my property. Get off the street. Get out. You just don't do that. Because you need the media's help, the legitimate media's help. And I'm not talking about the star, the inquirer or all those crap heads. I'm talking about straight up getting along with people and you have to have people skills. So in my case, I hired a lawyer who is my chief counsel now always has been. And I hired a publicist named Yvette Shearer uh, out of California, who is a 
what how tall is she five foot one dynamo that was a ucla cheerleader who represents some of the biggest names in la now and i just got lucky enough to uh to be able to have a publicist at that time who channeled everything. So once she got involved, everything got smooth for me. My phone quit ringing. The office phones quit ringing. My, uh, at the time, landlord became happier with me. Everybody, everything went very, very smooth from that point on. So those are the two reasons that you'd want to hire a lawyer. In this case, immediately this lawyer came out and said, well, you know what? My guy came home to straighten up a few things when he got back. You know, that's between law enforcement and their investigation. But my guy's got nothing to do with nothing. And I'm not putting him through this. That was the first message that came out. He's staying with his parents. Leave him alone. They're gone. Okay. That was the first message. Then on, Caroline, tell us about September 11th. Well, there were several things, I mean, that occurred as far as the timeline goes. But one thing that I think is important to note here is that the last time her parents physically saw her face was when she FaceTimed her mother on August 24th of 2021. Past that, it was just a bunch of text messages back and forth about being in Wyoming and whatever else, right? So then he arrives back on September 1st. And then on September 11th is when Gabby's parents report her missing. So now we've got a reported missing on September 11th. It gets official. The FBI gets involved. Why? Well, because it didn't happen in Florida. It didn't happen in New York. It happened in Wyoming. And there's a lot of state lines that are crossed, which is part of the opportunities for the federal government to get involved. If it was a Florida thing and she went missing in Florida and you know, the Florida authorities would handle it. And maybe the FBI would come in for um, critical support. Let's just call it as we've seen the FBI get involved in a lot of our cases, especially Dior Coons case where the FBI got involved very quickly because we didn't know if it was in Montana, of course, or we didn't know if it was in Idaho because we were right up on the Montana and Idaho border. So we didn't know, but the FBI got involved and thank God they did. So now we got the feds involved. Brian's locked up. He ain't talking. He just ain't talking. I'm not talking. I'm not talking. Then all of a sudden it's discovered that the FBI comes in and does a raid. They come in and do a raid of the house for a couple of reasons. They're looking for evidence, number one. So that's that's kind of pretty damn important. Uh, looking for evidence. And number two, um, my belief is they were probably going after his cell phone, which they never got, by the way. Uh, they were going after the cell phone. They want to know who, they wanted to know who he was communicating with, who he's talking to. The parents are saying, hey, look, we all got lawyers. This the boys got lawyers, everybody's got lawyers. We're not talking. Okay, you don't talk, but we can still use subpoenas. We can still use dustecums. Uh, uh, we can use a lot of things to get information. So that's what they're doing. They didn't get his physical phone. What else didn't they get? They didn't get Brian. He's gone. Poof. Disappeared. Bye bye. And so that sets off a frenzy. They go to a judge. They say, "Hey, look." Uh, Gabby Pepino's Petito Petito's, excuse me, Gabby Petito's. So, uh, credit cards have been used to the tune of a thousand bucks. 
little bit of a spending spree went on those cards and he was not authorized to do it. My first question, and I know every defense lawyer's first question is going to be, how do you know she didn't give permission? How, How do you know? I mean, how do you know? Obviously, he had them. Obviously, his face is on camera getting cash, buying things. I mean, they've got him. He's, I mean, they've got him using the card. But they issue a warrant for his arrest. Okay, so that enacts a couple of things. The U.S. Marshals, that enacts a lot of different people. And so what they love, different law enforcement. And they get the U.S. attorney uh, out of, I guess, what is that, the Western District of Florida. They get them spun up, and they start doing writs, and they start doing search warrants. They do a few raids at the uh, laundry's house. And again, he's gone. They sit the parents down. Where's your son? We have a lawyer. We're invoking our Fifth Amendment. That gets law enforcement, I'm just going to say it, pissed off. And I think it's important to notice that they actually report Brian missing on September 17th when they called the police and asked them to come. So the raid that Phillip's talking to you about didn't happen until after Brian was considered a missing person. So Brian's missing and Gabby's missing. Well, the first thing they all look at is, well, he's a he's a naturalist. He loves to live off the land. He can live off the land. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I'm just not. I looked at this guy. I saw this guy. He's not Mr. Bearded, uh, woodsy type guy. He's a skinny little wimp with a mustache. Um, can he eat on nuts? Can he survive on nuts and berries? Yeah, probably. Who can't? But he doesn't seem like to me, and especially the way he articulates himself, it doesn't seem like to me that he's that type of guy. It just doesn't. Now, I might be wrong, but it just doesn't. So now we know that Brian's on the run, Gabby's on the run. Everybody runs down to this swamp near Sarasota, Florida. I know this area. I know this area very well. How do I know this area very well? Um, A, my parents lived in Sarasota, Florida for 17 years. B, when Caroline was a little bitty girl and my son was a little bitty boy, we used to go on the swamp tours down there. And I'd always think to myself, oh my God, I hope no one ever goes missing in this stuff. And folks, when I tell you that it is infested with every single kind of reptile you could think about. It is. I mean, I'm telling you, they even told us to keep our hands in the boat because you never know when an alligator is lurking around and you need to not get out of the boat when we stop to go look at birds and stuff because there's snakes everywhere. And you could see them everywhere, hanging off of trees, going down little paths. I mean, there's snakes everywhere. And I can only imagine with that, release now of pythons down after the storms in what 2003 wasn't it 2002 now the everglades are just surrounded with these huge pythons they are migrating north because the food's getting scarce just like the rattlesnakes are migrating south uh here in east texas and we're starting to see them in some of the cities you know that's what's happening and so 
it's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place um, to be. So let's take a quick break. Let's uh, hear from our sponsors, and then we'll get back to part two in just a minute. You're listening to The Klein Files. Are you a hot mess like me, always on the go and putting everyone else's needs above your own? Then Her Messy Life, a Southern Chic Boutique, is here to help you. With new arrivals weekly, ranging in sizes from small to 3X, you can spice up your outfits and indulge in some much-needed retail therapy at Her Messy Life. Make sure to use the coupon code CLIN15 for 15% off at HerMessyLife.com. Shop today and find your new favorite item. Welcome back to part two of the Klein Files. We're talking about the laundry and Petito case. Brian and Gabby, it's all over the news. People have been asking us, what would we do? So let's get through this final part of this little timeline here. So, so on Sunday, September 19th is when um, Gabby was found. Right. So the body's found on the 19th in the area where they knew cell phones were pinging, according to our sources over at the FBI. And it was in the Bridger Teton National Forest. So there you go. We got a body. Okay, so that starts a lot of stuff. Now we've elevated this to a possible homicide. Didn't say homicide, said possible homicide. Two days before that, Brian goes poof. I mean, he's gone. He's it's over. He's he's disappeared. So what do we know today? Today we know that there was an autopsy. We know that the medical examiner is saying it was definitely a homicide. He doesn't tell us how he knows. He just says he knows it's a homicide. One, two. We know that Brian is missing as she is missing. So there's obviously some problems there. Uh, that as an investigator, <laughs> even if you're on day one as a police officer on the job and you have something going and the person that's involved in it has disappeared, you know, you have a possible suspect. So let's call him a person of interest exactly what he is, which is a person of interest. And you see, folks, why I mentioned at the top of this podcast, there's something else going on. Just as something else going on. Abby's got damage to her. He's got damage to him when the police officers look at him. Now let's throw a little nickel in the basket. We get reports up there that there had been some bodies found over the last however many weeks there was one or two bodies found males right there's some there were two females found in where they got in the fight back in august on august 12th in moab two um they were um a a couple two women they were Mm -hmm. a couple Mm -hmm. and they both were shot and killed uh not very far from where gabby and brian were um Camping, camping that night the and they mm-hmm. also were at the same restaurant prior prior and of course as you know now the fbi has triangulated their their cell phone towers and that's why they went the cell phone towers where they were and where they pinged and where they made phone calls and text from and got on facebook and blah 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 with these little devices god love those devices as an investigator i just love those devices they tell us everything and then you try to erase it and then we get celebrate and download them and we got everything you said but anyway 
I digress. So now we have dead people, a couple of guys, a couple of girls sprinkled throughout the area up there, not close to each other, but sprinkled out throughout the area. And of course the cops are triangulating everybody's cell phones, right? Who's been around who, who's been around. How do we know they're at the same restaurant? Well, we have people that ID them. And of course we have some cell phone pings and, you know, we've got a lot of things. So now the evidence is starting to build up. Brian knows, he knows, he knows, he knows he's not dumb. He's not a dumb guy. He's a smart guy. He knows what's fixing to happen. He watches TV. He knows these reporters like Nancy Grace will get her fangs out and completely demolish them uh, before they even have time to get on, uh, get a jury in the box. She, they, they know what the media is fixing to do. That's why, hey, we got a lawyer. We're not saying nothing. We're not saying nothing. So now we got the body found. And then, of course, we all have to wait for the autopsy, which is a good thing. Entomologists were involved. Why were entomologists? For those of you in North Newton County that don't know what entomologist is, those are bugs, bug doctor. He's going to figure out how long the larvae was there, how long the bugs have been beaten, eaten on the body, because obviously it's out in the hot sun or out in the sun. There's animals, there's vermin that are going to attack the body. Um, you know, it, uh, when, when something dies immediately, immediately begins to become decompensated. It blows up. I, I hate to be graphic like this, but it, a body will blow up because of the gases and the heat from the outside and it will pop like a balloon and stuff will go everywhere. And then once that happens, then here comes the animals. Here comes the, you know, cause they smell that death smell and they're not like us. They don't put a steak on the grill. They just get into the steak. They don't care. And so they find this body, they get the entomologist involved, they get the anthropologist involved. Why do they do that? Every single bone in that body is looked at. Is there gunshot wounds? Is there damage to, uh, did they fall? Did they break a leg? Did they, you know, they can put all that stuff together. Once they get the field operations done, then they put the body in a body bag and they take it immediately over to the coroner's office as fast as they can. They get that body bag open and they start dissecting every little inch of that body, every inch of that body. And then they can come up with their conclusion based upon what they have. In this case, they came up with strangling. Why did they come up with strangling? Well, there's a couple of things that happen when you get strangled. Your eyes sometimes pop out of your head. Everybody sees it on TV where they just strangle them and everything's okay. And now your eyes pop out of your head. Usually your tongue will be bit. Okay. Because you're, because you're trying to say, stop, stop, stop. And, and they push down on your throat and you're, you go into a period of a seizure because you have a lack of oxygen in your body. That's where the tongue damage usually comes in. I'm just being graphic with you. Cause this is what guys like us look for. And then of course, the bones um, are broken in the throat. Uh, the windpipe is crushed or there is severe damage or ecchymosis that's involved, blood, blood pathogen. And then, of course, the fingernails, offensive or defensive wounds. So think about that. They probably got some good DNA from her fingernails. And what's interesting about this is that the cause says death of manual strangulation slash throttling. So what does that mean? 
manual means that someone got their hands and they 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 choked her. They choked her to death. Basically, she choked to death. That's what they have found. Now, there you go on the base timeline. There is a bunch of stuff between A and B that guys like me kind of would be interested in, but I now know the base timeline. Now, Caroline did a little bit of math. Caroline, tell the public when you when you think the time of death was. So according to the press release yesterday by the Teton County coroner, coroner, excuse me, um, he stated that she would have died three to four weeks prior to the date she was found. So she was actually, her body was found on September 19th. That leads me to believe <laughs> um, via calendar that she, if we go back three weeks, that puts us to <coughs> August 29th. If oh. you go back four weeks, that puts you to August 22nd. What we know is that she was last physically seen by her mother on August 24th. So she died between August 24th and August 28th. So there you go. Now, when did Brian go on his little trip back home? He, let me go back to that real quick. He arrived back to um, where in Utah, or Salt Lake City is where she was staying. Um, he arrived back to Salt Lake City on August 23rd. So there you go. We have August 24th. Um, they were at, they were seen leaving. So I'm assuming there are cameras that caught them leaving the Salt Lake City, Utah um, hotel that they were staying at um, on August 24th. Gabby FaceTimed her mother shortly after they left. And that's the last time that she was physically seen by anyone um, in the family or on cameras. Or communicated from her little cell phone, right? Correct. Now there are text messages that were sent to her mom um, on August 27th. Um, and then again on August 29th. Um, th there are people actually, um, excuse me, not August 29th. On August 27th, um, she Snapchatted a friend saying that she was headed to Yellowstone, um, the Grand Teton National Park. Uh, and then What's interesting here, and I think this is, obviously it's another theory, but what I find interesting is um, she sent a text message to her mom on the same, on August 27th that says, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. Well, what we know is Stan is her grandfather's name, but she never ever called her grandfather by the name Stan. Some people are speculating that she said Stan, which is send the authorities now as, as a uh, Stan, S-T-A-N, send the authorities now, um, which is something that has been going around for years now that that is an acronym whenever you're in trouble to send someone that would know that. Um, so whether she was saying that at that point or whether she was trying to relay some sort of message, that was on August 27th. Or... Maybe it wasn't even her. Maybe he had her phone and was sending fake texts. Well, I we, mean, we've got to add that in. As an investigator, you have to add that in. Right. And we know that the text message on August 30th that was sent to her mom um, 
saying no service and, you know, Semite and all of that, those obviously were not Gabby because according to the coroner, Gabby was deceased by that point. So we know now that somebody got her phone and was sending fake and false texts. So we all sit there and we wonder to ourselves and go, well, now, wait a minute. Why isn't this young lady answering her phone? And why is all these phone conversations ceasing? Why are all these texts ceasing? Well, the reason is she's dead. She's just dead. So you go from August 27th at that point, and I would declare, and I know everybody disagrees with me, but I would declare she probably died somewhere between the 29th, 28th, 27th, to the 20, let's say, third or fourth, somewhere in there. When they left that hotel and they got up to the Grand Teton, not the Grand Tetons, they got back up to Yosemite and up in that area, that's when this little girl died. And then somebody kept her phone and they let her lay out there to rot for the birds and the, I mean, it's just beyond me. But anyway, back to it. So, we know when the time of death is within a week or so, okay? We know when Brian came home and moved some stuff around. What did he move around? Ooh, who knows? Who knows? But the bottom line at this point is we got a suspect. Now, we found the body, okay? So now we got to move on to the investigatorial side of the case. Who went when, where, why? Well, we know who. We know what happened. We know when it happened. We know where it happened. Now we have to ask the question, why? Was Brian and Gabby involved in something they shouldn't have been involved in? One. Two. Did Brian and Gabby walk into something and got involved in something they shouldn't have gotten into? Two. Because remember, these are two liberal little kids. These aren't conservative NASCAR people, right? These are two liberal little kids that are going to go, oh, we're going to go live off the land. And, you know, uh, but yeah, we're going to go to the hotel and we got to take a shower. And we got to go, you know, we wear a little skimpy clothes and we wear, you know, I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. You have to profile both these kids. You got a kid, Gabby, she's spoiled. She doesn't like the boyfriend in the first place. They broke up once. They're back together trying to go on a trip to rejuvenate their lives. It's that utopia thing that we're being taught in the schools today. It's easy to live off the land. It's easy to, especially, it's just stupidity, folks. It's stupidity. But they're above the age of 21. They're big girl and big boy. I'm sure they were smoking pot. I'm sure they were into some other stuff that they shouldn't have been into because that's just the way it is. But that doesn't have any bearing on killing. Here's what I'm going to suggest to you as a theory I'm going to throw out on the table. It's a theory. I'm not saying it's the truth. My guess is they wandered into something they shouldn't have wandered into. Too many dead people are within a 60 square mile radius of wherever they are. And all these dead people are fresh. 
Why would Brian leave Gabby in the middle of nowhere and go home to Florida? There is no reason. See, and I disagree here with you. I dis- I know you disagree, but mm-hmm. think about it. Why would he leave no, her? I've, I have thought about it. And okay. I think there's a right. level of domestic violence that was between the two for many years, dating back to when they first started dating. And I believe that there was a form of domestic violence within their relationship. And you could be completely, positively, totally, unequivocally right. But what if they got into something they shouldn't have gotten into? And what if I'm not, you know, I told somebody this on the airplane the other day. Somebody asked me, is it a Bonnie and Clyde situation? Did they go out and kill some people? For thrills, get high, get drunk, where they attacked and they attacked back and accidentally killed somebody and that opened the door. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just saying you go with what you know. Did Gabby get scared and say, Brian, I know you did this and you know, I'm not, I, I can't do that. And Brian said, look, I ain't going to prison the rest of my life as we see now. And he killed Gabby. I mean, once you kill, let me tell you something, folks. People to ask me this all the time. Once you kill the first human being, the second human being is just as easy, if not easier. And it gets easier and easier. And that's how these serial killers get going. First one was always the most exciting and scared one. Second one was, well, a little bit more calculating. You talk and look at some of these serial killers, they get up to eight or nine and it's like, (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm already going to the death chamber if I'm caught anyway. So what the hell? I'll just keep killing for my own thrill. I'm not saying these two kids did that. I'm saying the option has to be placed on the table and it has to be investigated. And that theory needs to be either debunked or proven wrong. I just get the feeling based upon my knowledge of my 36 some odd years in this business and investigating so many missing people and homicides and everything else. It is my base feeling is there's more to this story. Do I think that Brian is a suspect? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, there's more to it. I'm telling all of you it's more to it. And the cops know it too. The cops already know there's more to it because they, they'd be opening their mouths if it wasn't. They'd be saying, hey, we need to do this. We need to do that. Hell, I don't even see him out on the podium saying, find this guy. This is a national priority. I don't even see that. I see them very shut mouth right now because my guess is they're investigating not one homicide, but five homicides. And so everything has something to do with something else or maybe not, or maybe they're doing like I'm saying, just trying to disprove it. Now let's go to the question. Where do we think he is? I'm going to tell you, I do not think he's in Florida. I don't either. I I just don't. Um, There is a mountain range that starts in the state of Georgia, South Carolina, that area on the border that you could start at a trailhead and walk all the way to New York. Through the mountains. People do it all the time. It's a big deal. I mean, look it up. There's two different mountain ranges. You start in one, you cross the other. 
And this is the time of year to do it because it's not too cold, yet it's not too hot. It's just kind of the right temperature. It's beautiful days, highs in the 60s and 70s, lows down in the 50s and 40s. You can live. You're not going to freeze. You get cold at night, but you're not going to freeze. My guess is the kid's home is up in New York, New Jersey. Think about that. Start south, go north. If it were me, I'd forget the swamp. I just, you know, like I've said before, the swamp is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place. Not to say the mountains are not. Here's my thing. There's too many people looking for him in the in the U.S. There's too many people that are looking everywhere they go trying to say, oh, this is Brian Laundry," And and honestly, it's the lookalike of him. I mean, look at TikTok. You see all the... Uh, men that look like him making TikToks that are like, I can't even leave my house without somebody thinking that I'm Brian Laundry. See, I think go ahead. he got on a ship or a boat and made his way down to another country. That's a possibility too. Remember folks, Sarasota Bradenton area has one of the most, one of the biggest ports uh, on the Florida coast, especially on the Florida West coast. They have the biggest port in Tampa. Could have bought. You know, the case we did in Traley, Ireland, remember that? Where these people went missing and the girls went missing with their mother and we tracked them. And this is really the first time I'd ever heard of this in, in my business. Do you know that you can call some of these shipping lines and you can rent a room on a ship and it costs you less than $40 a night? rent a room for a five-day trip from the east coast over to well, let's just say europe england did you know you could do that i never knew you could do that i learned that back in 1996 7 when i first started getting in the missing people business and i was shocked how do you do it we just go up to the boat and ask for the quartermaster quartermaster come down say hey look I've got a handful of money can i come ride the ship with you all See, these big freighter ships, what you don't know, they have pools on the inside of them, swimming pools. They have um, a captain's deck where you go up there and it's like living in the lap of luxury in most ships. There are some ships that are not so clean, but most of the ships, especially the Swedish group, uh, South American group, um, Icelandic uh, cargo ships, uh, China, China ships, they keep their ships uh, completely beautiful, uh, Limerick lines, all those lines, they sell these little, and, and, and you just get on the boat. You have to have a passport. Yes. But I think if you probably have a couple hundred extra dollars, uh, the passport is kind of not that important. I mean, people sneak out on boats all the time. All the time. Yeah. We tracked that family from there to Tralee Ireland. It, it was amazing. And then we interviewed the, we got on the ship, flew onto the ship, said, Hey, you seen these people? Uh-huh. Well, how'd they pay you? They pay you with check, they pay with credit card. How'd they pay you? Cash. What'd you do with the cash? Mm -hmm. What do you mean you don't know? Did you give it to your company as, you know, steward? No. Oh. Okay. So now we know we're sneaking people in and out of the United States, right? Well, I think the Coast Guard and the INS would want to know, wouldn't you think? We left them in Ireland. Ah. Okay, in the port of Ireland. Okay, how'd they get off the boat? Well, 4:30 in the morning, out there, 
We just let them off the boat and they were gone. We didn't ask any questions. Oh, okay. So we knew the area we were looking for. This is the same kind of thing, folks. This boy had help to wherever he's going. Now, the first question I always get asked is, do you think he's dead? No, I do not think he's dead. Do you think he's on the lamb? Yes, I think he's on the lamb. Do I think he's north? Eh, you know, I don't know. Uh, if he's Mr. Big Survivorist, like everybody says, you know, remember I told you in the beginning, the media blows things up. Is he Mr. Big Survivorist? No, I don't think so. He wouldn't be staying in hotels in Salt Lake City, Utah, with his girlfriend in the lap of luxury. They'd be out there pitching a tent. But they're not doing that. They pitch a tent for maybe one or two nights and look at the stars and it's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. So nice. Right? You with me? But in the end, we find out they don't, they're not staying at the La Quinta. They're staying at the Hilton. <laughs> you just got to go, what? That's the way I see it. Brian ain't. He's not Mr. Survivalist like everybody says he is. I don't think Caroline d disagrees with me. I don't think he's. I don't think he's as a survivalist as what people are claiming that they were or that they are. I mean, you can look at them and tell that. But what I do think is that he obviously likes the nature. Um, I don't think he can survive with a backpack for what nearly a month now with no help from someone. Oh, but wait a minute. The media tells us you can live on berries and nuts and, oh, there's stuff you can eat out there on the trail and you can be a survivalist and all this other stuff. I, you know what, folks? I just, I looked at this guy. I tell you, everybody, when you're done with this podcast, go over to a computer and call his name up and take a look at this kid. He doesn't have the muscle mass. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have what it takes, folks, to survive in the wilderness. But even mentally, I mean, who can honestly be alone by themselves for weeks and weeks? I mean, we say, yeah, especially us with kids, we want the peace and quiet. But <laughs> there's no way that he is surviving alone without financials, without help, without talking to somebody. So again, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm with you, but I, I just don't think, I mean, the swamp, no way, no way in the swamp, no way, no how in, in the swamp North, maybe it's cooler. It's nicer. Right. What, you know, you, and you go back to listening to the, to one set of parents and the, the, the ones that are talking and they say, well, why in July did they go all the way out there to Utah and Wyoming and Montana? And why they do that? Why does anybody go out there in the United States in July? It's cooler. Temperatures average 70 to 75. Yeah, they have some hot days. But in general, the nighttime is cool. It's crisp. It's beautiful. The first set of cold fronts start coming down in August and they die out when they hit Colorado. Not like this big mambo that's coming through right now from uh, it's what is it snowing in Colorado right now. That's what I hear. And it's, and, and so, you know, the North Texas and uh, North Oklahoma panhandle, they'll get snow tonight. I mean, this is now, now the fronts are coming through. They're making it through. 
That's why these kids were up there. It's cool. It's crisp. It's comfortable. Yeah, I'll go lay out and sleep in the van one night, but I eventually want to go do my hair and wash my face. And that's the other thing about the, the Gabby. Do you see the makeup? She had makeup on. She had done her eyes. She'd done her, her, her eyelashes. She'd done her cheeks. I, I just, I just don't, that doesn't, the, the story doesn't match the kids. So in the end, what do I think? I think that she's, that it's either the Appalachians or he's got on a boat and he's hauled butt to some other port across the seas or down south in the, in the South America. Um, I think they need to sick the U.S. Marshals on them. Let's go, Marshals. Love the U.S. Marshals. Love those men and women. My God, are they the best law enforcement agency in the United States. I think that that's what needs to happen. That's where they need to look. He'll pop his little dumb head up. And I will tell you all this also. They'll never take him alive. I don't believe they'll take him alive or they'll interrupt a suicide or he'll jump from something. He's going to, he's going to, he can't face what he's going to face. That's why he ran. That's right. Anyway, there you go. That's our thoughts on Brian and Gabby. Give us your thoughts on the internet. Caroline will be posting this uh, up probably today or tomorrow and, uh, and then listen to us and, and tell us what you think. We appreciate all of our uh, supporters out there. We have a lot. Man, I'll tell you what, we just posted something about a press release on this deal coming up. We have over 50,000 people that have looked at it. You know, and that brings me to the one last thought on this, that um, before we run out of time, what Gabby's parents are doing with the foundation that they have created in Gabby's name, I think is amazing. And I think that if only every single missing child got what Gabby got in the, as far as absolutely the attention to her case, and absolutely her being found and everything. I, I just, who's ever coaching these parents are, are yeah, great. And I they're do, also doing that. another great job, but I know we're running out of time. Uh, uh, this dog, the bounty hunter. Ah. That's a story for a different day. Anyway. All right. Until next time, we will see you. Make sure to um, follow us on Klein Investigations on Instagram. Um, Subscribe to the Klein Files on your Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcasts. And we will be back with a new episode next time. Have a great week. Bye.